I have a, uh, I have a, a relationship with an individual who has a pet snake. And I'm just being honest, if you have a pet snake, we're never coming to your house. I don't know. <laughs> they say about 500,000 people in the United States have pet snakes. If you're one of them, God bless you. It's as close as we're getting <laughs> right here as we are right now. But this individual one day came home to feed the snake and noticed that the snake was missing out of the house. And this snake was not in its cage and they looked around and couldn't find it. They couldn't find it all day. In fact, they couldn't find it all week. In fact, they couldn't find this snake for two weeks in their house. And during that time, they had individuals come over, have dinner, <laughs> kids hang out, spend the night, watch movies. Now, I, I just can't help but wonder, isn't it interesting that you can have a snake in your house? People can come over and you can go to their house and realize they have they, they not even know that they got a snake in there. How do you have a snake in your house and not know it or know where it is? I want to submit to you today that I believe that there are snakes slithering closer than you may think. You may not be aware of them. You may not see them. You may not be able to identify them. They may not have made their presence known, but make no mistake. There is something watching you, observing you, ready to make a move to destroy your life, your family, your ministry, your home, your faith, your worship, your praise, your peace, your sincerity. I need you to hear me this morning, and this is the first thing if you wanna write something down, is simply this, the devil is real. Let me, let me try that one more time. The devil is real. I'm gonna tell you a story that I'm not exactly sure all of you will believe, and maybe some of you will think I'm exaggerating this, but this is a real story that happened to me. One day, my wife and I were in Ohio, and we were, they had a Chick-fil-A truck. We didn't have Chick-fil-A in our town, so this Chick-fil-A truck came by, and we just bought Chick-fil-A. We go through another establishment getting coffee or driving away and we see a man on a bicycle that's obviously homeless and I've never seen this guy in our neighborhood and I felt drawn to him. So we're getting ready to pull one way and I felt drawn to follow him to the gas station. And I eat really fast. I just wolf my sandwich down. My wife, on the other hand, eats everything extremely slow. She chews everything like a thousand times straight to mush. And she had uh, her sandwich left, and, uh, and we went to the gas station, and I said, man, I wish I had my sandwich to give him. Alina said, don't worry about it, just, just give him mine. I said, that's fine, I'll just, we'll go back to chick Flares. I don't know, we'll just, yeah, I'll take the sandwich to him. So we go, she, we park 
The man is sitting right in front of my truck and to the left, very low to the ground. I get out. My wife cannot see this entire interaction, by the way. I go up to the man. His name is Barry. And I begin to share. I just begin. To, I gave him the sandwich. And I begin to walk away. I get to my truck. And I immediately realize I didn't share the gospel with this guy. I should go over and pray or something, you know. So I turned back around. I said, hey, Barry, I just want to let you know, man, uh, Hey, God loves you, and he's got freedom for your life, and he's got a purpose for you, and, and I believe that Jesus loves you. And when I said that, and you may not believe this, but the man completely contorted right there on the sidewalk. And I don't know how to describe to you. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm just telling you an experience, because I'm trying to help you understand that the devil is real. Are you with me? And the man completely contorted, his eyes look different, and his arms are twisting, and he began to move and begin to slither and begin to growl, and there was a woman sitting there eating an ice cream cone, <laughs> and you have never seen anybody run so fast in your life. The man is contorting, and out of that man came a voice that was not his voice. The man looked at me, was not the same man that I began to talk to, spoke out of a voice and said, he doesn't want to be free. And I was like, okay, I'll see you later then. I'm out of here. No. And because I was raised in an environment to know that the devil is real, I looked back at him. I said, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Barry. And all of a sudden, the man goes back to normal. And I said, Barry, do you want to be free? Because I didn't care. At that point, I will work with you. We'll cast whatever's in you out of you on this sidewalk. Scare everybody in this whole city. Barry looked back at me with his own voice, with his own demeanor, with his own face, and said, I don't want to be free. I walked away heartbroken, knowing that the devil is real, and the devil means business. And people like Barry today, maybe to not that extreme, maybe to not that severity, but there are people that have to understand that the devil is real. By far one of the most sinister things and effective moves that the enemy could make is to convince you that he's not real. Because if he's not real, he's not a threat. There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to think about. But the Bible says in Ephesians chapter six, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of, over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Hear me today, church. The devil, demons, darkness is real. The scripture lets us know that he's called Satan, the devil, the tempter, the evil one, the enemy, the liar, the father of lies, ruler of this world. First Peter 5 calls him the roaring lion. In Revelation, we find he's referred to as a dragon. And right toward the end of the book of Revelation, he's called the old serpent. 
from Genesis to Revelation, you see the enemy's present work. His existence influencing people and influencing decisions. The devil is real. But not only is the devil real, point number two for you today is this, is that the devil has an agenda. John chapter 10, 10 says the thief comes only to steal and kill and to destroy. His end game, so to speak, his, his priority in your life is to destroy your life. I, I want you to understand today that the enemy does not play, does not have a the devil does not have junior demons for your kids. The devil doesn't have introductory classes. The devil is on an all-out onslaught, moving through homes and families and churches and businesses and marriages. He has an agenda, and it is to steal, and it is to kill, and it is to destroy. But I need you to hear something today that, that I heard many years ago that I want to share with you. In the year 1965, a man named Paul Harvey had a radio show that, where he read this thing called, If I Were the Devil. And it's so chilling to be so many years ago, and I believe it rings true for today.
1965. Now you may be like, well, Pastor Ethan, we came to church today to hear about Jesus. We want to hear about grace, and we want to hear about life-giving, uh, the life-giving spirit. We need a message to encourage us, and I'm all for that, and I do a whole lot of that. But hear me today, the Bible teaches that we are not to be ignorant of the devil's devices. I need to show you today some, some characteristics of a snake. Snakes. As you can see on the screen behind me, they are, they are forked tongue. They pick up chemical information with their tongues by flicking them in and out. Some snakes also track their prey by sensing body heat and, and ambushing or stalking. Not only do they, their tongues come in and out, but their jaw, most, a lot of the snakes can unhinge their jaw or they have a very wide, like, they could really open their mouth and their teeth are curved inward so that they could swallow prey that are bigger than them and draw them into their mouth with the curved in teeth on the prey. They can open that mouth and move that tongue. What I find interesting in Genesis chapter three, what we just read, the first time we find the devil, He's mentioned all through scripture. We get all the way to Revelation. We're still hearing about the old serpent. But what blows my mind is that even in the book of Genesis, the first characteristic we find about the devil is that he's talking. He's moving that jaw and, and moving that tongue. And he's looking at Eve and he's saying, did God really say? The enemy was deceiving her, lying to her whispering to her, misleading her. I believe that the enemy is on an all-out onslaught against truth. The devil hates the truth because he's the father of lies. He wants us to be indoctrinated with cultural norms around us he wants us to just accept ideas that are being pushed in our children's schools, theories that are being pushed in our children's universities, subjects that are being perpetrated on the mainstream media. Am I talking to anybody? 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says, Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last time some will turn away from the true faith and they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Did you hear this today? That come from demonic influences. Speaking and whispering and moving that jaw and shooting that tongue out. I not only think it's as a corporate thing, it's also as individuals that the enemy can lie to us and say that you're no good or that you're a failure or that nobody loves you or nobody shook your hand at church or nobody, see, they didn't care about you. The, nobody came to this service or this funeral or you understand what I'm saying, that the enemy can use moments of frustration and all of a sudden just sneak into a family situation that now the tongue of the serpent begins to hit your ear and whisper into your ear and say things like that nobody loves you or that God never forgave you. If you are really a true Christian, if you really care, 
cared about God. Am I talking to anybody on a Sunday morning who has heard the whispers of the devil himself? I need you to hear me today is that the enemy doesn't care if you're 60 or you're six. He will deceive you. And the older I get, I am less afraid of demons and more afraid of deception. Did you hear that? One thing I've noticed the enemy has done is that anyone who speaks truthful is categorized as ignorant, uneducated, and foolish, and the result is the people who know the truth don't speak the truth. But Jesus said, sanctify them through thy word, thy word is truth. Jesus said that you will know the truth and the truth will set you Oh, 9 a.m., you need to wake up. You're too tired today. I don't know what the university is telling you, but the truth is that marriage is between one man and one woman. I don't know what school, what the schools are producing and saying. But the word of God says that there are only male and female. That's, that's the truth. I don't know what movie streaming service in your house says. <laughs> but there are only to be uh, men to be men. I need to just say that one again. I, I, don't think, I don't know if I'm done with it. That I think we need to remember that, it's, that society needs men to play a role and we don't need to feminize men. Am I going too far? Come on, I preached on Untamed for three weeks. I hope you can handle me today. trying to downplay the significance of men in the home when study after study after study after study proves that when a man is not present, it destabilizes the family. So we want men, but yet we want to castrate them. Okay, yeah, we need to call this one untamed. I messed up. I should have been calmer. I don't know what the media says, but the truth says that life starts at the moment of conception. Now, hear me, I'm not trying to be ugly. Like my dad used to say that when he would preach, he would say, I'm not trying to be ugly, and then he'd say, I know I am ugly, or so. I'm not gonna say that he could say that, because he is, but I'm not gonna say <laughs> I understand that these issues are complicated, and there are a lot of debates surrounding them, but hear me, I want to find myself and my family on the right side of the Word of God. That's as simple as I can make it for you. We're talking about there's a snake in the house. And as a minister, I'm not asked by God to reconcile the Word of God with cultural theology or cultural ideas I am not asked to find the middle ground to better appeal to a broader audience. I'm supposed to preach the word in season and out of season. 
I was supposed to preach the word when the country's red or the country's blue. I was supposed to preach the word when it's popular and when it's not popular. I was supposed to preach the word when the room is full and when the room is empty. You have to want a church and be hungry for somebody to tell you the truth through the word of God. I like this sermon and I'm not even done. We need truth. The Bible says that in later times, people will heap unto themselves teachers having itching ears, looking for someone to confirm their biases. But I hate to hurt anybody's feelings that the word of God will assault your arrogance, your childhood, your belief system, but we are not called to argue with the word. The word is called to argue with us, change us, adjust us, help us. Lord, help 9 a.m. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 says this, but I am afraid that, a, that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. He's saying just as the devil whispered in the garden to Eve and led her astray, it was through deception. It was in her thoughts. It wasn't in sickness. It, it wasn't in, it was through her, her thoughts. Deception. Another thing about snakes is that they have no eyelids. The eyes that they remain open at all times. And they're covered by a transparent membrane. And, and, and they have vertical pupils that helps them to see really well in dark places. Let me help you understand something. The enemy is always watching you. There's a reason I believe that the enemy is called a serpent serpents have no eyelids. We can use that characteristic to know that the enemy is watching you, has been watching your every move. Those vertical pupils that are notorious in snakes that help them with night vision. Can I tell you something? The devil wants to draw you into the dark. He, he wants you to, to draw you. He wants to draw your family away from the church. He wants to draw you to do things you thought you would never do, say things you thought you would never say, believe things you thought you would never believe. That is the tactic of the enemy, is to draw you in the dark. And let me go a little further. If you gotta hide it, you're in the dark. If you gotta delete it, you're in the dark. If you gotta deny it, you're in the dark. The enemy is sneaking and slithering and, and, and whispering in the ears of people in marriages and families and businesses to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Not only do they have the forked tongues and the eyes that don't have eyelids, they also are very hard to hear. They almost make no noise. Unlike most animals, snakes make very little sound other than hissing and certain types of rattles, they make almost no sound at all. Can I tell you today, you oftentimes don't hear the devil coming. 
That negative relationship that is pulling you down, guess what? They're not going to announce to you that they're bad for you. (laughs) Am I talking to anybody? I've never met anybody who got into a relationship with a man or a woman that when they got in that relationship, they were like, hey, by the way, I know this is our first date, but I'm the devil for you. Like, I'm the worst thing that will ever happen in your life. And in three years, we're going to get in a fight, and I'm going to hit you. You don't hear the devil, the devil coming easy. You don't know the devil is there half the time. I'm just, I'm just trying to help you today. I want to bring awareness. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to intimidate you. I'm not trying to freak you out. I just need you to understand the devil is real and the devil has an agenda to destroy your life. Snakes have very good camouflage, and many snakes live close to the ground or in dens or in nests and are not easily visible to the human eye. There are numerous snakes that also blend in with their surroundings, making them less visible to their prey. It's even harder to see them, to find them, to locate them. Interesting thing about snakes is that they watch you, and they'll observe you, And these snakes, they'll stalk. In fact, I read one study said that snakes will stalk you for hours and hours. They will watch the prey and attempt to wait you out. They will patiently wait and observe. They'll put people around you, individuals in your world, Families, posts, offenses, just waiting you out. The enemy can use something when you're five and mess you up when you're 35. He'll wait you out. Am I talking to anybody in Columbus this morning? Not only does, do they stalk, they they strike. After they have stalked you for a while, when they find the opportune time, when they find the best moment, when they find the perfect thing to their advantage, they will strike you. Could be when you travel alone. It could be when you're just trying to live your life. It could be at the family dinner. It could be here at church. Offense could pick up at work. Situations can happen in your family, and the enemy can strike you, and you thought you could handle it, and now you've relapsed. Thought you could handle it, now you're settling in court in divorce. Thought you could handle it, things happen, and now here you are, the enemy has struck again. Many times after they have struck, Their prey, they release venom, which oftentimes uh, neutralizes the nerves and will paralyze them for a moment. They then will begin to wrap themselves around the prey. Are you still with me? And begin to squeeze the prey. And every breath that prey has and exhales, the squeezing gets tighter. Every time that the prey exhales, the squeezing gets a little more intense. Choking and squeezing 
the breath, the life. I need you to hear me right now. The enemy wants your life. He's trying to choke out. The Bible says that God breathed the breath of life into us. And so the enemy is trying to choke your faith. Choke your worship. Choke your prayer life. Just one squeeze of condemnation at a time. And it won't be long before you don't darken the doors ever again. Just another squeeze. Just another squeeze on your marriage, and it won't be long before you're sleeping in different rooms, and, and, and it won't be long. I mean, this is just textbook. The enemy has done this millions of times. It squeezes and squeezes and squeezes. This invisible force many of you can relate to is squeezing you in your marriage and choking your joy and your life and your happiness and your faith and your joy. Normally, I don't like it this quiet, but good God, am I loving this right now. Second Peter chapter two says, for if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled, wrapped up, tangled up in them and overcome. And the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. Let me tell you something, what that verse is saying, that before you came to Christ, you were a mess, but if you walk away from Christ, you're opening yourselves up to things that are much, much more difficult for you to deal with later. I've heard it, maybe you've heard me share it before, but I heard a man that worked in a zoo said the story that when you pick up or handle snakes, the most dangerous time was when you actually put them down, not when you pick them up. Picking them up is different than when you put them down. More bites happen in the zoo when they were putting down a snake. You gotta be careful what you pick up because it's not as easy to put it down as you may think. The enemy, the enemy will stalk and strike and squeeze and after all of that is said and done, will swallow, swallows you. First Peter 5, 8 says, stay alert. Watch out your great enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone he can devour. And in the Greek, that means to swallow up, not just take bites out of, but to completely consume and finish off their life. The enemy has an agenda. Pastor Ethan, you have freaked everybody out. You've said too much. People are too scared. People don't want to hear this. People are not wanting to hear this kind of reality we're living in. But I, I wish I could preach something that, that just was a little more appealing. But I just want you to understand, we just got out of a series talking about untamed, right? And what we have easily done is we can almost think that the enemy is tamed. We can almost just assume that because we don't deal with it in our home, that it doesn't exist. But let me tell you something. There are people literally strung out on in houses and broken and shattered. You can go to graveyards. You can go to rehab centers. You can go in these rows right now. You can go in every home and the devil's going into warfare. And he's not tame. Why are we tame? 
Why, why, if the devil has gone crazy and literally has the world flipped upside down and we want to sit in our churches and just be it's nice, little soft, little don't disturb nobody. Here's what I think. It's just time for the church to stop being afraid of everything and say, you know what? The kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. James says this, what are we supposed to do? After you've scared the crap out of us, Pastor Ethan, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> Shouldn't have said that word. James <laughs> chapter four, verse seven says, so submit to the authority of God. Resist the devil. Stand firm against him. And he will flee. <laughs> oh yeah. He will flee from you. You resist the devil, but you can't resist until you first submit. When you submit to God and his government, you have the authority and the, and the empowerment to resist the onslaught of demonic power in your life Resist the enemy tempting you. Resist the enemy trying to deceive you. Resist the enemy trying to discourage you. Resist the enemy trying to distract you. You can do that, and the Bible says he will then flee from you. This is not a, this is not a guess myth. This is the word of the living God for you. To know that when I resist you, you have no right in my family, in my home, in my marriage. I stand firm against you. Somebody say resist the devil. I recently was messaging my pastor. We were talking about this series and we were going back and forth about some things, and he ended up preaching some of this, because and, and, I preached some of this at his church, and, and we began to share articles about snakes back and forth. And I read something interesting that he, we and him were sharing back and forth, that they're the king cobra's largest, it's the largest venomous snake in the world. Could be between 18 and 20 feet. They could kill someone with one bite in 30 minutes. As powerful as the king cobra and others like them are, there is one particular animal in the animal kingdom that they fear. There's one specific animal that researchers have watched and observed and filmed and studied, and that is the mongoose. The mongoose, the, uh, a mongoose could be anywhere between the size of seven inches to 25 inches on the largest size of them. These venomous snakes will avoid the mongoose because these mongoose, hear me, have an immunity to their venom. They, when they are bitten within a reasonable dosage, those mongoose will not, can have that venom run through their system and those mongoose are not affected. It could kill a person and it will not affect them. One study I read said that it, uh, that a, what was it called? A black mamba snake 
could kill 15 men with one bite, by the way. There's enough venom, shot could kill 15 men. Can bite a mongoose, and the mongoose is like, is that all you got? <laughs> something in the mongoose, something on the inside of the mongoose is just different. Something on the inside of the mongoose is just, just unique. And it's not just their DNA. It's not just their it's not just their makeup, it's, it's also their attitude. They're known for being fearless. They will fight a snake at the drop of a hat. They're good at defense. They're protective. They're, they will destroy any threat, as one, one article said. They have thick fur. Th I love that. They have thick fur. Maybe the reason many people can get offended so easily is that they just have thin fur. When the strike of offense come, you gotta have some thick skin. They have a strong jaw. They're really tough, really tough skin to the point that they are resistant to fangs. And one, one video I watched this morning said that they have guts of steel. They will go straight for the head of a snake and try to break its neck real fast. And you can go online and watch. These mongoose will grab the head of a snake and do a quick move, and these snakes fall down dead. So what's a, something on the inside of this, this, these mongoose blow my mind because they, can't, they cannot be affected by what's on the outside because something so potent's on the inside. Let me say it like this, greater is he that is in you than the power that's in the bite. Greater is he that is in you than the power of, of, of that offense. Greater is he that is in you than the power of that discouragement. Greater is he that is in you than the power of that distraction. Greater, you can't, you may get somebody else, but I got a mongoose anointing and you can't get me like you've got everybody else in my family. There's something on the inside that you can't see on the outside that makes me. The Bible says it like this, thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of God raises a standard against it. And what the enemy done for evil to destroy your life, God can turn it for the good. Oh, am I talking to anybody? So the enemy tried to destroy you. You're here today because of what God has put in you. You're not perfect. You don't have it all together. But thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. You can stay standing. They go straight for the head, go straight for the throat. There's a video online where they fight off four lions. They're like psycho little boogers. One study said this, did you hear me? If a mongoose gets in a fight with a snake, the mongoose wins 80% of the time. It's really two things. It's what's on the inside and it's their tenacity to fight. This rough little squirrel ugly creature has something in them 
That's like, no, 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 we're not watching that in my house. I need to talk to a mongoose mama in the room. That says, you know, no, no, we, we, don't, we don't talk like that in our house. No, no, we're not letting you stand there with your wife or your husband and you say, you know what, we're not letting that come between us because we have a mongoose attitude. And though the enemy tries to come to divide us, something on the inside unites us and we just push back. We resist the devil. You don't have right in my family, in my mind. Where are the fighters? in 2022 that will not let the enemy take your home, your church, your mind, your joy, your peace. All right, I'm done yelling. The mongoose will travel in a pack. They're called gangs, which is really crazy. Mongoose gang. I'd be, and I would be scared. I would be scared. I'd be scared of one, but if 50, the mongoose are often known to work together. Here's my final thought for you today. We're gonna, we're gonna close. Is that if the devil fights your family, if the devil fights you, Bobby, if the devil fights you, Steve, He's fighting all of us. Because we're in this together. If discouragement and grief comes into your heart, the Bible says we weep with those that weep. We come alongside because we fight together. We're in this together. If our church could keep the spirit of togetherness, there's not one thing the devil can do. I couldn't imagine 1,500, 2,000 mongoose people. We would kill everybody. <laughs> can you imagine worshiping, leading a team, serve teams, preaching, children's ministry, families, with a mongoose attitude that says, this is my church, this is my home. We fight together. We love one another. I'm in their corner. And when they're hurting, we're there for them. That small group's there for you. This church is here for you, you may be thinking, well, nobody knows me. Well, get to be known. I don't know what else to tell you. Make your presence known. Talk to somebody. Meet one of the pastors. Connect. Call the office. Do anything. Make your, we want to know you. Because we got to do this together. Because the devil's doing it with his army and his forces. John 10, 10, the thief come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But the Bible says he came to give us life and life more abundantly. Isn't that good? No need to fear the devil. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world.